sometimes the things that save your life are both habitual and sensorial. It's the habit of knowing that I can rely on this breakfast that makes me feel more grounded and cared for. And it's the pleasure of eating delicious food in the morning that also makes me feel cared for and grounded. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandeven. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. This is episode 45, and because it's an episode on the five, I'm going to be talking about five things, five things that are saving my life right now. If you are a fan of the lazy genius Kendra Adachi, you would have heard similar episodes to this. And I've heard many of Kendra's episodes, and sometimes this is sort of uh, a favorites, <laughs> a favorites episode. And typically when I have an episode on the fives, what I talk about are ideas, things to try. I usually say five things to try right now. Five things to try for whatever season we find ourselves in. And right now the season I find myself in is probably the beginning of survival mode. Um, (laughs) and that's not that I'm not hopeful or I can't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but September came in with a bang. It will end this week, the week that this episode goes live, and I don't see October or November changing pace anytime soon. September has been very, very busy in terms of family life and activities. Our weekends are packed to the brim, and our weekdays have also really been, you know, I'm experiencing quite a lot of the opening up of extracurriculars, the after-school meetings, the commute is feeling a little bit different, feeling a little bit fuller, feeling a little bit Um, more time sensitive than it ever has before. And all of those things are fine. If you listen to my episode about September back at the end of August, then we've done that reflection together. Hopefully you had an opportunity to journal your way through September and planning and thinking about with a bit of medium effort, what September is going to look like and feel like for you. And what can be really great about September is all the connections that bring us together. So With that all being said, that little bit of preamble there, what I'm going to talk about today are five things that are saving my life right now and saving my life in terms of giving me a bit of grace in every day, giving me joy and things to look forward to, giving me a chance to disconnect from the hustle and bustle and or um, helping me remain connected to myself. So those are all the things that I qualify as saving my life. And I would love it if you would think about the things that are saving your life through this episode so that you can remain, you know, mindfully grounded in what's going on for you and and what is really, you know, in every day there is always a bit of good and those are the things that are saving your life. That's the, that's the, the, dis, the definition that I'm going to lean into for today's episode. If you're new here, thank you so much for listening. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your one-on-one time with me, and I hope that this conversation feels just like that. Actually, right now I'm sipping a pumpkin spice flavored drink, and I'm sitting in a new space that I'm going to talk about in a minute, 
And um, it's just you and I, you and I here together, and I'm going to talk. And hopefully you're going to feel like that's um, a conversation that we're having together. But I am really grateful that you're here. If you like this episode, please share it with somebody who could benefit from thinking about the things that are saving their life or hearing about the things that are saving my life. And if you um, have time and are so inclined, I would love it if you would give the podcast a rating and review, specifically on Apple Podcasts. That continues to be about where 70% of people listen to podcasts. And I would always love your time to provide a rating and review. That really actually helps the podcast find like-minded listeners. There are many, many podcasts out there, and it means a lot to me to be able to find the right listeners to build our community and to grow through medium effort and mindful fun. The first thing saving my life right now are free bedroom upgrades. So in the last month, I have tinkered with my bedroom. My master bedroom is not a big space. I don't have a very big home, but I actually really love my home and I love the size that it is, but... It requires a little bit of extra creativity because I can't copy-paste solutions from mass retailers or even from, you know, Pinterest, um, just because I really feel like um, the size of my home is not the type of home that you often find when people are giving you ideas for DIY, etc. But I actually realized that in the last 10 years that we've lived in this home, I've collected a fair bit of home goods that move their way around the house and I had an opportunity to collect some of those things and bring them into my bedroom with the addition of a very amazing curbside find of a a small profile armchair. So I have been looking for a small profile armchair for a very long time and was never really finding one that matched either my aesthetic, the right size or the right price. And happened to be on a walk with my family. We managed to find time to have a walk together, which seems to be an activity we did all the time over the last two years. And since the summer, we rarely have gone on walks together at all, but we managed to squeeze one in. And within 90 seconds of our walk, there was the chair sitting on the curb outside of my neighbor's home. And I thought, hey, Nick, I think I want that chair. And he took a look at it and he said, yeah, actually, I can see why you would want that chair. And so we paused our walk very briefly and I hoofed the chair back home uh, and everybody, you know, helped me open the doors and get the, the chair in the house. It's really like not a very big armchair, not a very heavy armchair, and it fits perfectly in this tiny corner of my master bedroom. And I'm calling it a master bedroom. Although actually, okay, let me take a quick sidebar, which is, Um, The phrasing master bedroom is, let's just say it's out of date. It doesn't hold up anymore. We're not using the word master for things in that context. So I'll just say my, my main bedroom or the bedroom that I share with my husband. I don't know. My bedroom. There we go. That's all you need to know. So I put it in the my bedroom. I, I did spruce it up a bit. I kind of, um, I gave it a bit of a polish, I guess, or a, you know, I touched up some of the upholstery. I put the main cushions through the dryer and I've put like a nice throw over it. But what has been absolutely perfect about this entirely free chair is it's where I'm recording the podcast right now. (laughs) And this is totally saving my life because 
when I live in a small home, I don't have an office and I don't have a space dedicated to podcasting until today. The beauty of this is my room is my own. I don't have to share that space with any of my kids or any of my kids stuff. I don't have to move my podcasting equipment around in order to accommodate my family life because it's just in my room and it only bothers me. And my room has a door, which means I am more free than ever before to record when family life is happening around me. Previously, I was recording at a really lovely desk that I inherited from my dad's mom, my Oma. And I love this desk very, very much, but it was in a very high traffic area of my home, both by the front door and by the kitchen, which meant that even in a low traffic time of day, the dishwasher might have been running or the fridge might have been humming. Or my husband might have been, you know, making his way into the kitchen for an evening snack. So at this point, with my curbside armchair, my podcast equipment set up um, on the the curbside armchair, I have a microphone arm, my microphone, it's all attached to the armchair. It requires almost no setup or takedown before I record an episode. It's saving my life because it means that... The barrier to entry to record an episode is lower than it ever has been before. I can close the door, I can set up my episode, and I can just get recording without having to negotiate the traffic of the area, my family life, or whatever may be going on at any given time. And that is really saving my life because, I guess in the bigger picture, the podcast is saving my life. The podcast and Medium Lady have always been the space that I'm creating in the world that is just made for me. And it is a huge part of why I'm so glad you're listening, because I want to encourage you without a doubt to make a place in the world that is made for you. And that can be a mental place. It can be a philosophical place. It can be a physical space, just like this podcasting chair that I have in my room. But it will save your life. It will save your life in the way that brings you into your life, brings you into the focus of your life instead of bringing other things, your work, your family, your kids, your partner, your parents into the focus of your life. It will bring you into the focus of your life. And that is vitally important to your personhood. It is vitally important to your wellness and to your self-care. So these free bedroom upgrades. So there was the chair, but there I also moved around a number of lamps and I hung up some pictures that had previously been on my bedside table, but were taking up a lot of space. And so I moved the pictures that were sort of propped up on the bedside table onto the wall, which created more bedside table space. And I corralled my evening routine, you know, hand cream, lip sleeping mask, into a little tray. It created more room for Kleenex and more room for books. And now I have a lamp. And I can't believe I never had a lamp before. And all of this was free. It was really just a reorganization of the space and moving some things that were in my home to be repurposed in my room. But honestly, I'm staring at my new bedside table right now and it does make me really happy. It does really save my life to come to bed and to see this welcoming space that says here, you're getting ready to sleep now. Here's your hand cream. Here's your tissue. Here's a spot for your glass. Your charger is ready to charge your phone. Here's that book that you can't wait to read. It's a really welcoming space and it really helps me transition from being awake to being asleep. And I do think it's contributing to better sleep on my part. Um, And that better sleep always saves one's life. So that is the first thing that is saving my life right now is 
free bedroom upgrades and this new space that I'm claiming as my own in my bedroom. My bedroom that once was pretty much a space just for sleeping is now a space for me to put on my makeup. It's now a space for me to have a really wonderful bedtime routine and it's a space for me to record with ease and flow for the podcast. Okay, the second thing saving my life right now is book abundance, really specifically the library. But my home is a place where there is a lot of book abundance, whether it's books from free little libraries, books that were gifts, books that we purchased, books from school, and books from the library, Um, in addition to books that get passed on. (laughs) As somebody who has a really rewarding and constant reading life, I do find that I call a lot of books into my life. And I just love it. I just find that right now, what's saving my life is to have these little stacks of books everywhere in my home. Um, I have taken to taking my library book stacks and, you know, categorizing them by rainbow in rainbow order, putting them in a prominent place in my home. I usually um, used to just keep my library books in like a library bag. Uh, But I find that 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 bag gets a little bit cluttery, cluttersome, what's the word I'm looking for? And the visual reminder of the books that I have waiting for me kind of uh, disappears a bit. And I might actually even forget what's in the bag every now and then. Right now, from my library, I have, oh, probably just under 10 books out from the library. And this kind of abundance also is really saving my life because it means that when I'm ready to reach for a new book, There's lots of choice available to me. And I do find that I tend to take books out of the library that I may actually not get to read. And what I do is I make sure to return them by their due date if I, in fact, haven't been able to read them or I don't plan to read them soon. And I know that someone else is waiting to read them. If I can renew them easily, then I will. But if I know someone's waiting for them and I know I'm not likely to get to the book anytime soon, then I make sure to return them by the due date. And that kind of abundance is a visual reminder that we can all call into our own lives more of the thing that we most desire. This is something that when I was recovering from postpartum depression, finding my way back to myself, it was really useful to have reminders of all of the ways that I could be myself visually on display. So it was really helpful and healing for me to have my makeup collection out and on display for me to see and for me to have a visual reminder that I'm a person who loves makeup and I love collecting makeup. Right now, I'm a person who loves to read and I love having lots of choices to read and having all of that choice visually displayed to me is uplifting my spirits when things are really busy, when things are really challenging. Seeing my books around me and my, especially my, you know, beautiful books from the library, remind me that I'm a reader and I will be making time for reading soon. Even if I'm busy right now, I can always think of the next time I'm going to be reading in my day. And it's really just the promise of more. The promise of more when you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed or tired or like there's not enough time is to remind yourself that you do have time. And that many, many amazing experiences are on their way. They're all so many good things coming to you. And sometimes those good things exist in the stack of a pile of unread books. So that's a very short thing. But the other thing I will say is that if you are feeling like 
you want to enrich your reading life, and you are somebody who loves going to a bookstore, I would recommend that you pivot your bookstore habits to your library. Libraries are powerful, amazing places. They allow for broad and deep book purchasing. I recently saw John Green, the author. He's the author of Turtles All the Way Down and The Fault in Our Stars. John Green was talking on Instagram about do library purchases of books benefit authors? And he said, well, yeah, especially for newer authors, library purchases might make up 30% of their book revenue when they're early on, when they're when they're not hitting quite the mainstream. And so because libraries buy so many books, they benefit many, many authors. They're also very likely to buy books from broad readership categories. So they're more likely to buy books, lots of books, in categories where perhaps there are not a lot of readers that buy books. And so that can really benefit authors as well. And the other thing is that libraries will buy books for a broad group of people for whom the stories are more unknown, more diverse, more expansive and far-reaching than perhaps what big publishing houses are feeding into the book buying market. And so libraries really have this powerful presence in our bookish lives. And you are being already already being influenced by libraries, even if you acquire most of your books from a bookstore. Because within libraries, and this is in the John Green Instagram video, is within libraries are librarians. And librarians are readers who curate content. Librarians are the, the first bookstagrammers. <laughs> the first people to ever recommend books were librarians. And they are also driving a lot of powerful book purchasing for unknown new authors, authors of color, authors from marginalized communities. And that is what we need more of in our reading lives. And so please, this is my pitch from me to you is Find a way to visit a public library. Um, they're beautiful spaces and they're filled with amazing books and they're filled with amazing people. Okay, the third thing saving my life right now is something I've done quite a bit off and on and it's creating a nail polish capsule. I have, and this is actually not, this is not dissimilar to having a book abundance, but sometimes when one has a lot of a thing and I have a lot of nail polish, one can forget just how much one has and it can lead to perhaps decision fatigue or the reverse of decision fatigue which is a uh, novelty bias so if you are a person who has a lot of a thing and you find yourself consistently purchasing new items of that thing maybe it's earrings maybe it's books maybe it's nail polish maybe it's shoes i would recommend you try a capsule because what a capsule will do is it will require you to assess everything that you own in that category. For me, every couple of months, I love to pull out my nail polish collection and assess everything that I own in the context of creating a capsule of that collection for a period of three to six weeks, let's say. And I might pull out anywhere from 10 to 20 nail polishes from my collection maybe not quite 20, but you know what I mean, and then evaluate them for color palette and texture and seasonality because I'm a millennial and I love a good season seasonal approach to life. You've heard me say before on the podcast, my brother-in-law once said, 
he's uh he works in food and food marketing and food food R and D, and he said millennials really embrace seasonality. <laughs> I've never, <laughs> I think I've said that on the podcast before, but I've never felt more seen. I do really embrace seasonality, and one of the things that I do is I create nail polish capsules. And the thing that's saving my life right now is my current fall nail polish capsule. Because similar to pulling out all your fall sweaters and your fall clothes, there's something really exciting about fall colors, fall color palette. And I think that it's our pivot to different activities, our pivot to different tones. Our eyes appreciate the novelty of the colors from the fall palette, which are so dramatically different from summer palettes, summer tones. The colors that people use to market or appeal to us in the summer are so different than the colors that are used to evoke a feeling of fall. And so my nail polish capsule right now, I am absolutely loving. I did purchase a caddy that's slightly different than the tool I had been using for my previous nail polish capsules, which was a box. So I've actually purchased this caddy, which I think is supposed to be for cleaning supplies, It's one of those, like, it has this nice handle of this white plastic bin, this nice wooden handle and a white bin, and the bin has sort of segmented compartments. And on one side, I put the nail polishes in the capsule, and on the other side, I put, you know, my nail polish remover and all my tools and my et cetera, et cetera, some of my press-ons and stuff like that. That caddy is also creating space for the capsule in a way that makes it really reachable and accessible right now. The caddy is downstairs by the TV. So in the evenings, if I feel like I want to, you know, touch up my manicure, if I feel like I want to change my polish color, if I feel like I want to add something, you know, interesting or fun to my manicure, then, or I want to play with color, then I can just do it while I'm downstairs watching TV. And it's already paired with the habit and location of resting and relaxing. So I know I'll be sitting still watching TV. It's the perfect time to try on a new manicure. Sitting still, don't smudge anything. And I can use, you know, commercials or breaks in this in the plot line to, uh, you know, mark my drying time, etc. I have a whole routine. <laughs> I have a whole routine. And if you want to hear more about it, please feel free to message me on Instagram. You can find me at medium.lady over there. So with this nail polish capsule, what I'm doing is I'm using more of what I have And I'm not succumbing as much to novelty bias. Now, it's not to say that I never succumb to novelty bias because I definitely have acquired two new fall nail polishes and I've already used them. But I purchased those nail polishes with a context of what I already owned in mind. So I wasn't bringing home yet another red nail polish, which would have been totally fine. But instead, I was purchasing colors and textures that I knew would complement what I already had in the capsule for fall. And they were sort of, you know, filling gaps. Um, So yeah, that's one thing that's just saving my life right now. I think when I say my nail polish capsule is saving my life, what I mean is that it is creating an invitation for me to have self-care. This caddy with collected nail polish is ready and waiting whenever I happen to stop moving. And it's in a place where I usually do stop moving in my day. And so that invitation is very active and very accessible to self-care by touching up or changing my manicure while watching TV at the end of the day. I don't have to overcome the organizational or operational hurdles of self-care to say, 
oh, what cabinet is the nail polish remover in? Oh, no, we're out of cotton swabs. Oh, this nail polish has gotten old. Oh, where was the last time I put that bottle of that one color that I really liked? Everything is in the same place. And it makes that hurdle of should I or should I not paint my fingernails less of a question of all of the little like housekeeping bits and bobs that one needs to accomplish before actually getting to the event of painting your nails. And uh, it's it just makes me so happy. Every time I see the caddy, I, I, I think in the very similar to the ways that I see stacks of books. So there's perhaps something thematic about this episode, which is this visual invitation to engage in self-care is really important because it either tells you, hey, why don't you engage in self-care right now? like my caddy with the nail polish. Or it says, hey, don't worry, we're here. We're going to be here when you're ready. And you can engage in self-care soon, like my stacks of books. So I see my stacks of books around my around my home. And it reminds me that eventually, at some point in the day, I will be reading and that will feel so good. That's an invitation to self-care that's maybe a little bit delayed. It, it reminds me that it will happen eventually. Okay, the fifth thing, not the fifth thing, the fourth thing that is saving my life right now is a breakfast that I have on repeat. I have really been struggling with my morning routine. I haven't put enough medium effort into figuring out why I am struggling with my morning routine. So perhaps that's a little bit of something to unpack for my October experiment. Because I often find that I can get quite frazzled by the morning, by the time the early morning you know, activities of my life are complete. And I used to think that was because of the season of life that I'm in. I have young kids. They wake up at unpredictable times. When they wake up, they are ready to go. There is no, you know, wake up sleepy times. There's no, there's no grogginess. Let's just put it that way. When my three-year-old is ready to wake up, he is awake. And when he is awake, he needs breakfast. And so that becomes an emergency in his mind which means that I or my husband have to get up immediately to address the emergency. And I find that if I don't have the buffer between me waking up and him waking up, then I can't quite get traction in the morning. So I do need to spend, to my own philosophy on life, medium effort to think about what might make my morning routine feel more like me. Because right now it doesn't really feel like me. It feels like a to-do list of things that just have to get done out of desperation. It feels like it takes too much out of me first thing in the day. And if you're following me on Instagram, you'll know that every morning I do car gratitude. And sometimes by the time I hit car gratitude, thankfully, car gratitude is like bringing me down from this frenzied pace in the morning. And car gratitude is making is making me feel more like myself after having felt completely pulled in a thousand different directions and kind of feel like I'm picking up the pieces of myself after an insane morning. So I do really need to get a grip on my morning routine. And one of the things that's getting me closer to that and saving my life is what I'm calling an eggy pancake with fruit. This is the go-to breakfast that I have every morning so long as we have eggs, which is... <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't think that I would have to put that clause in there, but us having eggs is a barrier to me, obviously, having this breakfast. And sometimes we don't have eggs. An eggy pancake and fruit is just become like a go-to, really enjoyable morning routine for me. 
it is a hot breakfast that requires almost no attention whatsoever. And I have that with a bit of tea. I love my tea with milk and sugar in the morning. And the fruit, I try to pick the fruit that looks the most, this is going to sound perhaps a little bit over the top. When I'm shopping for fruit for breakfast, I try to pick the fruit that looks the most luscious and inviting at the grocery store. I try to look around and think about what just looks like it's bursting with flavor so that my breakfast starts the day with really, really amazing flavor. And it always kind of surprises me what that ends up being. For a while, it was peaches. So just like a sliced peach and this eggy pancake and moving on with my day and was amazing. And then peaches are now out of season. And what I've been moving towards is sort of could be mango, could be pear. Anyway, it doesn't really matter what the fruit is, but it's fruit plus the eggy pancake. And that is simply this. I have a nonstick skillet that I heat up and I allow that to warm up while I take two eggs. I scramble them in a bowl. I whip them carefully. I don't add anything except a bit of salt. And then I whip it again to, you know, uh, break the yolk and intersperse the whites. And then when the pan is hot enough that if I flick water on it, it sizzles, I pour the egg on the pan and tip the pan so that the whole thing covers the base of the frying pan like a crepe. And usually two eggs with the large frying pan that I have is enough to do a really thin layer of egg across the entire base of the pan. And this whole thing cooks in about 20 seconds or less. I don't let the top of the egg get very cooked, but it's also not um, like stringy or mucky because I broke the whites up with the fork um, and the bowl earlier. And then what I do is I take, because it's nonstick, sometimes I do spray a bit of like nonstick cooking spray. I take my spatula and I gently fold it into quarters and then I flip that onto the plate with the fruit. And that breakfast is really saving my life in the morning. I can do this usually while Beckett is asking for his own breakfast. Uh, Sometimes there's a lot of like emotional terrain that Beckett wants to navigate in the morning. Sometimes he doesn't want me to turn the lights on. Sometimes he's very upset that we don't have the cereal that he wants. Sometimes, you know, he wants to go wake up people that aren't ready to wake up. And so there's sometimes a bit of a power dynamic, power struggle that's happening when Beckett's awake and I'm awake. But thankfully, I can make this eggy pancake with really minimal attention required for the hot cooking portion. And then once I flip it onto my plate, it starts to cool gently. And the rest of the sort of uncoagulated egg in the middle will cook very gently to a sort of creamy consistency. And... A bite of that and a bite of fruit. Actually, what I just had this morning was that with um, a harvested tomato from my neighbor's garden, from my parents' neighbor's garden. So I don't know, Kathy, if you're listening to this, thank you for the tomato. It was absolutely perfect pairing with my eggy pancake. And, And that's saving my life. And sometimes the things that save your life are both habitual and sensorial. It's the habit of knowing that I can rely on this breakfast that makes me feel more grounded and cared for. And it's the pleasure of eating delicious food in the morning that also makes me feel cared for and grounded. So those two things I think are really part of an important equation in self-care. How habitual can you make this thing? And how, how much closer does it bring you to yourself when you're through the task? And, you know, an eggy pancake and um, I'm calling it a pancake, but it's really 
I guess an omelette. It doesn't feel it's it's sort of like an omelette circa Julia Child. It's like a Julia Child omelette. It's not necessarily like a dense uh diner restaurant omelette. <laughs> Maybe I'll put this on Instagram. Let me know if you want uh, an Instagram reel or something or some, you know, instructive content on the eggy pancake and um and I would be happy to uh oblige on Instagram. Okay, and the fifth and final thing that is saving my life right now is my number one favorite YouTuber. I am a huge fan of YouTube. I find it is the number one thing that I reach for to watch TV and relax TV content. <laughs> um, I will reach for YouTube even before Netflix. And I don't know if this is because generally a YouTube video is anywhere from... 15 to 39 45 minutes and that usually is the ideal time that I have for attention span either when I'm winding down on my own or falling asleep I know it's a terrible habit I talked about my sleep routines it is a terrible habit to have YouTube on my phone before I fall asleep but I do it probably five out of seven nights a week my favorite youtuber that is saving my life right now is called her name is Hannah Louise Poston Hannah has a beauty YouTube channel that focuses on um, enhancing your experience of beautiful things in life and admiring makeup and beauty for the, you know, joy of aesthetics that it brings into one's life without leaning into a lot of consumerism. So Hannah, I found her probably four years ago when she was in the very middle of doing what she called a no-buy year which was essentially she took an entire 12 months where she purchased nothing that was net new to her makeup and skincare collection. I think she also included perhaps clothes and home goods through that as a way to sever herself from the ways she was using shopping to manage her mental health and to manage her um, well-being. And since then, her content has really evolved but I just find every time Hannah has a video out, she's either reviewing a product or she's considering what her own collection has to offer her. She's oftentimes reviewing what's new and hot on the market and examining her collection for what she already owns that pertains to what is new and hot. And she'll do what she calls duping the vibes, which is exploring if she were to own a thing a makeup thing in particular, what would she do with it? And then trying to recreate that experience of using the product with things that she already has as a way to both find joy in the things she already owns and a way to sever herself from the promises of this romantic consumerism, the promises that if you buy a thing, your life will be better and you will get to have experiences that you can't currently have because you don't own the thing. Hannah is eloquent. She's poised. She's funny. She doesn't take herself too seriously, but I think she's bringing a point of view to beauty YouTube that I am so grateful for. And it is saving my life right now because it is also teaching me, uh, you know, video by video, teaching me about how to apply that same philosophy to my own life, whether it comes to clothes, my home goods, um, even something like uh, my nail polish or my makeup collection, we can often get caught up in the pursuit of newness, the pursuit of the new thing and the promise that it brings. And it can be way more rewarding to take a step back, examine the promise that we think the thing is offering us 
and then try to fulfill that promise without spending money or without doing something new or without feeling daunted by the enormity of the change that we think needs to materialize in order to experience the thing. So for example, I talked earlier about my bedroom upgrades. All of those bedroom upgrades were free. And thankfully, because I was sort of examining the what I what I maybe really needed, I needed better lighting. I needed a little bit more organization so that the space was feeling more serene. I needed the things that I needed you know, within arm's reach to create that invitation to a sleeping routine. But I may have turned to Pinterest or Instagram to see what I might need to buy in order to make that dream of an inviting sleep space um, achievable. And I really didn't need to buy anything. I needed to actually just think about the pieces and put my effort not into spending money on the perfect thing because there is no way to spend money on the perfect thing. The perfect thing does not exist. And instead to put my energy on the organization and the mindful effort of the things that I already had in my home, digging them out, dusting them off, repurposing them, repairing some things in some ways, putting pictures up on the wall, all of those efforts, that effort is finite And that effort may have actually gone towards trying to buy the perfect lamp for the space. When in reality, that perfect lamp might not have, might have left me without putting pictures on the wall or the effort that I spent into getting the perfect lamp might have uh, distracted me from thinking more about having things within arm's reach or having my chargers and everything accessible in this one landing zone. So Hannah Louise Poston is really slowly changing my life because of the admirable, accessible, funny, fun, and humble way that she is deconstructing her own perspective on beauty and uh, fashion to acquire the, the access to the dream, I think is what I'm trying to say. What Hannah's teaching me is that the access to the dream is closer than you think, and it often requires spending nothing at all. And that the fallacy of it all is that we are often feel like the easiest thing is to just spend money to achieve happiness and our well-being, when in reality, the easiest thing is to um, spend no money at all, but perhaps pour the effort of spending money, that effort, re- repurposing that effort to think deeply about what the dream is really promising us and why we feel like we need that promise in our lives. So that perhaps was a little bit more of a philosophical spin on something that's saving my life right now, but Hannah Louise Poston brings me endless happiness. And as of right now, let's see, I'm very hopeful that she has a new video up. Um, She does post, you know, three or four times a week, and I'm always immediately clicking on her content uh, some of which I have rewatched, which is always a very good sign that, um, <laughs> you know, so much YouTube content is consumable and then you move on. But I really feel like I have built a relationship with Hannah that benefits me. And I I want to be that for you here listening to the podcast. So maybe that's another thing is that Hannah is also emulating in me a relationship with a influencer 
or a content creator in the way that I want to also build trustworthy, viable relationships with the folks that are choosing to spend time with this podcast, that are choosing to engage with my content. I want to be adding value into your life the way that Hannah is adding value into mine. Those are the five things that are saving my life right now, and I hope that it's given you an opportunity to think about the things that are saving your life right now. I thought I would wrap up with a few perhaps journal-based journaling prompts, maybe we'll call them, to get you thinking about the things in your life that are saving your life right now. And one thing I don't think I shared is that it actually took me a couple of days to really put together a salient list because I perform a gratitude practice every day. I often film it for Instagram and I put it on my stories. So if you want to check that out, it's happening every day on my Instagram stories page. But the things that are saving your life are often things that you are grateful for, but they're actually probably in your subconscious. They're probably things that are mobilizing a slightly different sense of well-being and groundedness in your life rather than just a, a chance to experience love and wonder. So that's the, that's for me. And this, these things are, these things are all semantics. And they may not really matter in the end. It may all fall into the same bucket, which is reflecting on one's life and understanding the joy that life has to offer every single one of us. But that being said, for me, gratitude is more about taking a step back and understanding the things in my life that are wondrous and wonderful and important and meaningful. And that gets me closer to feeling like myself because I can truly understand what a wonderful and blessed life I'm living that I've designed, that I'm living the life that I designed for myself and that it is wonderful and there are many things to be grateful for. That is what my gratitude practice is about. When I talk about the things that are saving my life, there's more seasonality to it. The seasonality of it is very much about what I'm experiencing right now, how I'm taking care of myself, the things that are making me feel more like me, or when I'm not feeling like myself, the activities and things that get me closer to feeling like myself. And all of the things on this list always leave me feeling better than when I started. Watching a video of Hannah Louie's post always leaves me feeling inspired and relaxed. Taking a look around my home and taking in all of the books and the abundance of my library stacks always makes me feel like my next reading opportunity is right around the corner. Looking at my bedside table and the free bedroom upgrades that I've made to my room is making my bedroom itself a more usable space for respite and relaxation and solitude. My eggy breakfast is very, very fast, but I know that I'm nourishing my body first thing in the morning, no matter how scattered mentally I feel at the end of the day. And my nail polish collection and capsule is inviting me to pair the activity of stopping at the end of the day with something that always makes me feel good. I love to have a nice looking manicure. I always love having nail polish on my fingers. And when that is done, it makes me feel just that little bit more cared for. So these are all the things that are saving my life today. And here's a few journal prompts for you to think about when you're maybe perhaps putting together a list of your own things that are saving your life right now. The first question is, in this season of life, what is one tool that is making a routine or an experience that much easier? In this season of my life, what is a tool 
that is making a routine that much easier, a difficult routine that much easier. Another question might be, what is the change that I've recently made that is benefiting my self-care? What is the change that I've recently made that had benefits perhaps that I didn't anticipate? What is a routine that I've recently adopted that is actually panning out better than I expected? Another journal prompt question might be, what are the things that are helping me take care of my body physically, mentally, spiritually, mentally, I said mentally, (laughs) taking stock of those things. What are the things in my life that are helping me actually take physical care of my body? I think for me, like the breakfast falls into that category. Another question of things that might be saving your life right now are the things that are inspiring you or the things that are making the possible feel that much more tangible. So what are the things in your life right now that are making you feel inspired that are making you feel like your dreams are that much more tangible and possible? What are the things in your life right now that are bringing you within closer proximity to who you really are as a person? And that's it. That's it for today's episode. Those are the journal prompts. Thank you so much for listening. I always have a few requests at the end of every episode, and I would please, I would just love it so much if you know someone who would benefit from this episode, the five things that are saving my life right now, that you share it with them. Copy the link wherever you happen to be listening. Text it to somebody. Send it to their DMs. I would love it if you would share it on your social media and make sure you tag me so that I can thank you personally. If you perhaps maybe you don't want to directly reach out and say, hey, you look like you could use an episode (laughs) about five things that are saving my life. I would also love it. It always helps the podcast out if you would go ahead and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is really the name of the game where it's at right now in terms of where most people download podcast content. And so a rating and review on Apple will absolutely help me find more like-minded listeners. And finally, I have invited you a number of times to come and join me on Instagram. There's a really wonderful community of people there, other medium ladies and medium people. And um, we are, you know, building our ways to the path that always brings us closer to ourselves and closer to each other, uh, one bit of medium effort at a time. And there's always lots of mindful fun happening in daily in my stories over there. My name is Erin. This has been Medium Lady Talks, episode 45. I can't tell you how grateful I am for your time and attention today. I hope you are well wherever you are, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye.